one knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing out there? Another edition of Poker Action Line is on the air. And uh, along with my partner, Joe Rodriguez, we'll talk, uh, I don't know, we'll talk a little poker strategy tonight. We'll talk a little bit about uh, dealers' pet peeves. I think that'll be a fun Ooh, show. I'm going to enjoy de- delving into that there, Dave. I know. we got a little bit of a lull here before uh, the big uh, Seminole Hard Rock uh, Poker Open gets underway this weekend with four huge events, the big four. They, of course, have uh, a whole series of events that's uh, going on now, and and uh, several uh, trophies have been given away, but uh, it really kicks into gear on Friday night with a big... Uh, and this is the one where they have the four final tables? The four same final thing. tables. Are they going to do the same thing this they year They are going to do the same thing. Uh, I think last week I mentioned that the people hosting it uh, on the floor were going to be Maria Ho and Jason Somerville, but it's actually Maria Ho and Ali Najad. Okay. Uh, I know you were a big talented. fan of it last year. I well, mean, I wasn't. You, I wasn't the way they handled it. Maybe they'll try to do it a little bit different, but it's just it's too much going on if you really want to kind of see what's happening and, and find out what the hands are doing. It's very difficult to uh, concentrate on everything that's happening. You can't get close to it like we normally use as uh, poker reporters are usually able to go right up around the tables and and uh, you know uh, hear all the table chat and everything. But because of the setup, there's so many cameras and that sort of thing. It's really uh, it's changed a lot. And uh, I didn't like it last year. Uh, I, th- I think the uh, the basic premise is a really good idea that so you have four tables going, and it sounds cool. But it just they didn't really pull it off last year, and I'm a little well, surprised they went back well, with a pretty much the well, same format. Maybe they've uh, tweaked it a little. Well, bit we'll see what happens. See what happens. Uh, the thing that. was, it was a uh, they streamed on Twitch, and uh, they basically had all four tables there that you could watch, but only one had uh, the commentary. So the other ones were kind of given a little bit of a short shrift. You had to really concentrate on one table. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, that, that Phil Helmuth last year was kind of hovering over the main Well, he, main went, he went overboard, you know. Phil, being Phil, wanted to... Now, now Phil is very good at, at, at uh, you know figuring out the percentages right there at the table in the middle of a hand and who has this chance to win yes, and this is. and that. He's very good at that. But for some reason, it has to be all about Phil. So he gets into some stories and, and starts getting carried away with some of his own personal stuff. And to me, it, it just kind of took away from the whole uh, tournament. Phil has to sell Phil, too. So <laughs> Anyway, they didn't bring him back, so I think there's a comment there uh, in itself. But uh, Maria Ho is probably... Um, had a tremendous year as far as her profile. You know, she's doing a lot of reporting, a lot of TV work. She, of course, is the uh, captain of the L.A. Sunset in the GPL and uh, really has uh, become a, a mover and shaker in, in the game of poker yeah, as far as I'm listen, concerned. And at one point during the main event, uh, with about six, 700 people left, she was the chip leader. Yeah. So, you know, she's, she's a hell of a poker player. Yeah, great as, as great player. Anyway, that all gets underway this weekend on uh, Oct- excuse me, August 13th. Uh, that will be the, the big one, the uh, most important one, in my opinion. That is the $5 million guaranteed event, 52-50 buy-in. And uh, this is the one that for the first two years was a $10 million guarantee. They had a $12 million prize pool the first year, but they came back the next year and it wasn't so novel, 
and uh, they only did seven point five million, so they took it in the shorts for over two million dollars. So. <laughs> Uh, next year they dropped it back to a $5 million guarantee, which they made easily last year and, and probably will do so again. But uh, uh, certainly uh, will be fun. Uh, it kicks off Friday night with a uh, uh, charity event, and it's being hosted by uh, Brad Garrett, who uh, is, is a big comedy presence out in yes. Vegas, of course, was on uh, uh, Ray, the Ray Show. What's it called? Uh, yeah, uh, Everybody, Everybody Loves, loves Raymond. Raymond. And I got to see him do a stand-up routine very in Vegas. Funny, He's right? got a place at the. Um, Is he very dirty? Oh my goodness! Yeah, you got to hide the kids. Oh, you got to hide everybody. Well, he <laughs> All has the a place. You got to hide. Planet him. Hollywood that he's at? No, he's got a play a comedy club in the MGM. MGM. Well, okay. at least that's where it was a few years ago. I when think I was it's somewhere else this year. Okay, he had it. Uh, I, I saw don't him. Know if it's Planet Hollywood. I but saw him playing poker at the area. Coincidentally, earlier that afternoon, went to get tickets and. He was the comedy host, uh, at, you know, at his own club there at, at the bottom level of the MGM below the casino. Well, he played in the main event this year at the World Series of Poker. In fact, He's I watched him play for, for a little while. Years, him and uh, Ray both, both Ray Romano and uh, Brad played. But he's going to be down here. He has a uh, uh, a group, a charity tournament uh, that will benefit his group, Maximum Hope Foundation. It gives uh, financial help for rent, utilities, and groceries to families with children who have long-term illnesses. So, uh, you know, when the when the medical bills start to pile up and you really have no money left, it basically uh, provides for the family to get along. It's uh, a great, great uh, charity. Uh, it's a, it's going to start at 7 p.m. on Friday night. There will be a party with all the players and some of the celebrities from 5 to 7. I don't know if anybody can crash that or not, but... Uh, I hope to. <laughs> anyway, the buy-in for the charity event, which is Friday night, the 12th, it's uh, $300. And uh, they'll have some nice prizes, including a seat at the Big Four that follows uh, starting the next day. Uh, there'll be more than 30000 in cash and prizes. They always have some great autographed guitars and things like that to give away, which is very cool. And uh, certainly looking forward to that. So I'm going to be over there for that on Friday. Uh, today was kind of a, something I wanted to attend. Uh, Matt Affleck had a little uh, seminar about uh, playing in major tournaments and that sort of thing that anybody could attend. I wanted to go over there, but it was at 4 o'clock, and with us doing the show late tonight, uh, we were unable to do it. So I uh, wasn't able to make that, but I'm kind of curious as to how that turned out. Today kicked off an a $1,100 shootout event, which everybody was pretty excited about over there. They were going to limit it to... Uh, I think 100, and 100 players, I think, they were going to limit to 10 tables. And uh, then the 10 winners would meet at the final table. And that was an $1,100 buy-in. Also, uh, this weekend on uh, Sunday, there's going to be a heads-up tournament for people who get lim- eliminated from the uh, main event. Uh, 64 players uh, battling in a uh, NCAA-like bracket tournament. 1650 to enter that one. The Big Four kicks off with the 52-50 on Saturday. And that is single entry, uh, which is kind of new for this sort of thing, but uh, I like it. Well, it's more the traditional way of playing uh, tournament poker going back many years, right? Single right. entry, that's it. Yeah. You call it a freeze out, which we never used to call no, it a freeze out. No, we never called it a freeze out. It's just a normal out. tournament. It's just a normal tournament, exactly. Anyway, uh, that kicks off, and then there will also be a $25,500 high roller event. There'll be uh, an 1100, I believe, and a uh, 2650. So uh, they'll kind of uh, stagger those starts. Uh, I guess conceivably you could play in all of them somehow. 
But, well, if uh, Jason was able to jump into three tournaments in the same day, I'm sure you can. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Poker Night in America will be there. They will be taping all weekend. They will tape some cash games there as well. And they will have the final tables uh, simultaneously, and, and they'll be streamed on PokerNight.com. So you can actually watch some of that. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, well, that's that's about it uh, for the, for that event. But uh, certainly will be a lot of fun. And uh, looking forward to maybe talking with Brad Garrett a little bit, maybe getting an interview for next week's show. Get your neck muscles. Get your neck muscles. <laughs> he's a big. He's boy. tall. He's about like six eight. Six eight exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll be heading over there for that kickoff party at 5 and uh, looking forward to it. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention was uh, our friends over at uh, Poker Players uh, Championship. Uh, the PPC Aruba Tour is uh, having some events coming up. There's one this weekend. Uh, you are leaving tomorrow to go up to yeah. Daytona Beach for an yep. event. Yep, and uh, you know, have the honor of representing them up there, uh, like in a PR type uh, position up there. And... Um, it's not going to be very a difficult for me. It's having, having to sell the PPC <laughs> Poker Tour, uh, world, well, the PPC uh, World Championship in Aruba is just incredible. I've had the pleasure of working that, and, you know, they, they feed a lot of people into that main event over there, that World Championship, through these local, uh, you know, poker room tournaments that they run, and I'm just looking forward to... Being out there, and like you said, slapping backs, shaking hands. Uh, Joe if Rodriguez. If there, if there were babies to kiss, I'd be kissing <laughs> them too. Joe Rodriguez, glad hander slash backslapper. There you go. <laughs> no, you do a great job at that, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, uh, that's probably going to be part of the draw from here out if you do a lot of tournaments. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of the old Steve Martin joke where Steve used to sing, the most amazing thing to me is... I get paid for doing this. <laughs> and you know he's a poker player. Steve, Steve Martin, he sat right behind me at oh, no the at Bellagio. I didn't, I didn't know that. He sat right behind me at the table that was right behind me playing a cash game uh, in the Bellagio a few years ago. He had uh, his, his art was on exhibit there at the Bellagio. Yeah. Well, anyway, I know that they have a tournament coming up in Maryland Live. they got a couple other events coming. But I did want to mention, brand new on... Uh, them is an actual uh, Miami series event at Magic City, yeah. which will be August 23rd through the 28th. Uh, the uh, main event is a 260 buy-in, 30,000 guaranteed prizes, and they'll have other events earlier from uh, $30 satellites up to $150 tournaments, and 20%, as usual, will be paid in uh, the packages to Aruba in the fall, in November. That is correct. That so, is correct. Looking and, forward to that. And this year, Dave, uh, it's a $2,400 buy-in. and a half At mil- Aruba? At Aruba and a half million dollar guarantee. Oh, very nice. Very so. nice. And finally, um, you were over at Dania the other day uh, checking out the poker room a little bit. Uh, you know, that uh, were they did they have to stop playing the three-card poker? I mentioned yes, that briefly they, last they week. Yes, they had stopped it about a week earlier okay. because we had, we had mentioned that it had come out. Uh, spoke with their poker room manager, Elio Molina, who happens to be one of the guys that I trained back in 97 to become a dealer, and now he's manager. Um, they were hoping it'd come back in a week, and I told them, I said, well, you're dealing with the state, so I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, I don't know if it's come back uh, since then. It was almost a week now, but, um, you know, it's a beautiful room. 
Dave. You 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 see yeah, it. Yeah, I love it. It's a beautiful room. Um, I'm They're just not getting much play. I'm hoping they get you know that they become successful. But uh, you know, the day I was there, unfortunately, they didn't have any tables running. When you and I were there a few months ago, they had some very aggressive promotion events, and they were running five or six, seven tables. Uh, but you needed to run a little bit more for the for the aggressiveness that they showed in their high hand promotions and everything else. And um, you know, he told me they do a lot better at night. But um, you know, this they, they definitely have an uphill uh, climb over there. I mean, they are literally in the center of the lion's den here yeah, for poker. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, they of course have a few shows here and there. I did want to mention they are having a comedian uh, Angela Johnson used to be on uh, Mad TV and uh, I guess a couple other shows. But she is there this weekend on uh, Friday night, which is the 12th. So uh, I don't know if people want to check that out. It's the casino at Dania Beach, and you can give them a call over there. Uh, but they are starting a new promotion that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I think everyone's thing's been tried once or twice, but they're having a four-of-a-kind triple rollover promotion. Uh, anybody who's dealt four-of-a-kind gets $300. But the cool thing is, every other player at that table gets 25 bucks. Very nice. So uh, it takes away some of the sting of getting uh, beaten. Uh, but the jackpot rises to 600 if no one hits in the first hour, and to 900. Therefore, there's your triple rollover if no one hits in the second hour. And the promotion is uh, five to seven, uh, and 11 to 2 a.m. seven days a week. That's interesting. That so. is very interesting. It's very makeable. Now, are they? Did, did they put the preference there that it had to be a pair in your hand, or or it doesn't matter? I don't, I don't think. You, I don't think. You, well, there's no mention of that here, so I, I guess I can't really guess and say. But I don't know. I, you know, that's that's a pretty interesting. I've never seen that promotion before. Have you? I uh, have right. not. Have not. That seems to that, be something I like there. that. I like that. That's that's pretty cool. So I definitely it'll keep people there if if it isn't hitting the first hour, second hour, nine hundred dollars for 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 just hitting a four of a kind. It doesn't matter. But the strange thing is, if it starts at three hundred in the first hour, and then the second hour is from uh, six to seven, then you got to come back at eleven to get that third hour. Or you stay playing. Yeah, you stay playing. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is probably what listen, most people would do. Yeah, there's a little give and take. <laughs> like, listen, when my promotions, I used to tell people, listen, there's a give and take here, guys. I'm trying to give you something good, but you've got to stay and play for me, too. Right. So, uh, The other thing I wanted to uh, mention was uh, uh, we were talking politics before the show and Donald Trump and all that stuff and the latest uh, things, stupid things he says. But uh, <laughs> I won't get into uh, my uh, personal view of uh, politics, but... Uh, if people are wondering what a uh, a Trump presidency would mean for online poker, uh, it's really kind of up in the air. And nobody's really sure. Of course, uh, Trump has no moral stance against gambling. Uh, he may have a personal money-wise sense, thinking that online poker may cut into his business, the obvious Sheldon Adelson-type uh, uh, view of the world. Uh, but we do know that uh, the vice presidential nominee, the running mate, uh, Mike Pence, is pretty much anti-gambling, uh, and, and it's kind of funny because Indiana is actually a gaming state. They have uh, horse racing, uh, they have riverboat casinos, they have a state lottery, but he is very much against expanding the uh, gambling footprint. And doesn't WSOP have a circuit event in Indiana? Well, it's actually it in right Indiana, the... Hammond, Indiana, which is outside Chicago, so right. it's the Chicago area event. I think they have one in southern Indiana as well, so I think they have two, actually. But he has a pretty strong stance against uh, online gambling. 
and even wrote a letter to the Indiana congressional delegation uh, earlier this year urging them to uh, support uh, Sheldon Adelson's uh, uh, restoration of America's Wire Act. So uh, he is definitely not uh, on our side. Well, you know, but the the big difference there is it doesn't matter what he wants. Donald Trump wants it. It's going to get done. Ain't nobody going to get over his ego for that. Right. Uh, It's kind of funny because he did allow two gaming expansion bills in 2015 to become law by not acting on them. Of course, if he didn't... uh, veto them or uh, just refuse to sign them, then eventually it becomes law. So uh, one was uh, the Riverboat Casinos moved their operations onto land, which is always kind of a stupid thing that's always gone on, that uh, you can have a riverboat, but you can't have a casino on land. Yeah, New Orleans went through this for a while, too. Yeah, and Biloxi and uh, all the stuff uh, down in Mississippi. I I don't know. Well, listen. Forget the riverboat. How about Atlantic City for many years having to close their casinos at 4 in the morning and not reopen till 10 uh, Monday through Thursday? They were only allowed to run 24 hours on the weekends. I mean, it, they looked at it, you know, you know, the traffic jam that was created at 4 in the morning, the pollution right. with all those cars leaving at that time. I don't understand why politicians, you know, consistently come up with these idiotic ideas. Right. But he did sign a bill this year to regulate uh, van- fa- daily fantasy sports, uh, which is kind of surprising, but uh, he did allow that. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, he's a, a person that, uh, uh, you know, I don't think would be on our side when it came to making any kind of national policy. Not that he has anything to say about anything in that, well, uh, listen, in that uh, government. He let two bills <laughs> go through that helped gambling without his signature. My guess is if they ever come up with a plan that everybody can accept and they see how the money is going to be distributed, he isn't going to have an issue with that. Uh, the good thing for people of Indiana is that uh, now with him out of the picture, you know, yeah, leaving, somebody else leaving the governorship, there. Uh, that someone could come in and, uh, and, in, and Indiana could really become a contender to, uh, to legalize online gaming. So, so, if he, so if Trump's ticket loses and he loses uh, his bid as a VP, he can't go back to his old job as governor, huh? Right. Well, down well, the road, he, he probably he, could re reelect. Well, yeah, but, you know, I guess he, how do you but, think he feels you know. about his uh, decision to join, <laughs> to join to become Trump's well, running mate now? I'm sure he feels still okay about it right now, but we'll see. Anyway, let's take our first break on the show. When we come back, we'll talk uh, pet peeves of yes. uh, poker dealers. And we'll kind of let Joe uh, give his ideas, and we'll see how they match up against the article that I was uh, looking into uh, that I read online and was kind of intrigued by the whole idea. And we'll talk more about that when we come back. But first, let's uh, tell you about Gulfstream Park. They had a big sire stakes this weekend, big weekend of racing. And uh, from what I hear, went very well out there. It was very crowded, and people had a lot of fun. Of course, the poker room, as, as a result, was packed, and certainly a lot of good games there, a lot of new players maybe that don't play a lot, which is always nice for uh, experienced players to the, you pick need up some new, cash. You need new blood. You need new blood in the room. Exactly. Don't tap the aquarium, <laughs> I would always say. Anyway, uh, the poker room is located in the Finish Line Casino, which is the first floor casino. Uh, this, I, I found out the names that I never even realized uh, that they had names, separate names, which is kind of stupid on my part. But uh, the Finish Line Casino is on the first floor. Second floor is called the Pearls Casino. Uh, But on the first floor casino, in the back room, uh, the back half of the area, not even back half, but the back area, uh, is the 20-table poker room. And that's the place to head if you want the great action of uh, cards there with great TV uh, 
exposure around for uh, if you want to see some Olympic action, if you want to see baseball or football season, uh, we'll catch all the games on there while you're playing poker. Certainly is a lot of fun. And then, of course, during throughout the day, they have course racing, and you can uh, bet with the tele-messenger bet girls to come by the table and make your bets and uh, keep an eye on what's happening in the races. Of course, make sure you're not in the hand when they're coming down the stretch. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's hard to do two things at once, but uh, certainly a great place to go and gamble, have a good time, a lot of different things to do, including the slots and, and all the other things. Uh, as far as dining, uh, great restaurants throughout the, the, the area, including the Village of Gulfstream Park. Inside the track itself is uh, the, the Ten Palms uh, Buffet, which is terrific. Upstairs they have a Christine Lee's, which is uh, a national chain uh, for Chinese restaurants. Really spectacular food. And uh, all the others down on the first floor, the uh, places where you can get food. They have a great little area. Of course, uh, it's uh, out of season right now, but they have stone crabs a lot of times at the little uh, place right there off the breezeway. And you can uh, pick up your stone crabs and uh, just have a great time. It's truly South Florida, and it's entertainment, it's excitement uh, all the time. You know, Wednesdays through Sundays for horse racing, but seven days a week, 365 days a year for the poker. Uh, of course, on the on the weekends, they're open 24 hours. During the week, they close at uh, 4 a.m., reopen at 10 a.m. So uh, just about any time of day, you can find your poker fixed and have a great time. Nice people, uh, well-run poker room, and uh, very pretty and clean. Uh, check it out. We uh, really invite you to head on over there. It's Gulfstream Park. Welcome to your playground. <laughs> this is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the play-for-free demonstration and hope that you will join us 
when the Play For Real game becomes available later this year. I want to make something of myself. I want to succeed. The National Guard recruiter helped me get where I wanted to go. The Guard is providing me with paid training. In the National Guard, I get money for college plus a steady paycheck. In the Guard, I train near my home. I'm there for my family, my community, and my country. And I'm proud to be a member of the National Guard. Call 1-800-GO-GUARD and ask how you can get the education and job skills you need in the National Guard. Welcome back to the show, Big Dave and Joe. Uh, another edition of Poker Action Line, and uh, we're going to talk a little uh, poker dealers. Uh, certainly, uh, these are the people that, that make the games run, and as I've mentioned many times in the show, uh, they don't like to be really kind of singled out or recognized because you know if they are, that that's because they made a big mistake and there's a problem there. So, uh, again, uh, you know. Like well, an official that is sport, true. you want to you be behind the scenes. That basically. is true when you hear screaming at the table. That is not true when you hear somebody go, you're brutal, you're a jailhouse dealer because you put up a, you know, a one-outer on me to kill me, and they, they treat you like, uh, you know, <laughs> like you did it on purpose. Anyway, the article I'm looking at is uh, Gary Trask's article from uh, Casino City. Uh, top 10 Poker Dealer Peeves, a kind of a little uh, thing that they do on a lot of different subjects. They're top 10, and it counts down from 10 to 1. So uh, we'll let Joe pick out uh, uh, some ideas. We'll match it up with a number. I guess okay. uh, it starts off with uh, uh, 10 being uh, the thing that bothers poker dealers the least, and 1 not that poker bothers them the most. Okay. Uh, well, so hold it. I'll, okay. I'll kind of open it up for you to do it. One thing I did want to mention, and I'm sure you can confirm this, that uh, you're expected to run a clean and, and flawless game, which he mentions. Uh, it's a thankless job, but if nobody notices you, then you're probably doing a good job. Yeah, you really are. If if no one mentions your name, mentions a dealer did this, dealer did that, uh, for your half hour that you're usually in the box for, you're, you've done a good job. So there are many things you can do, and a lot of times people, uh, it, whether it's out of ignorance or maybe they're paying attention to something else, they do things that irritate the dealer, make his job or her job a little bit tougher. Uh, these are the things I want you to come up with. You can do them in any order, and we'll match them up, and then we'll kind of talk about each one. But uh, uh, I gave you a chance to think about some of these things ahead of time, so hopefully, uh, uh, actually, this probably should come very easy for you and very natural. Uh, go ahead and give me. Well, uh, it's been a while. Be in order. Let me tell you, it's been a while since I've been a dealer. You understand? If I had been dealing yesterday, I probably could run off about twenty of them yeah. for you. But right now, one of the biggest pet peeves for me was people acting out of turn and constantly making me correct the, the decision and slowing the game down. Okay. That was a very big. You know, that was to me. I hate it when people didn't follow the rules on the table. And as you were trying to, you know, educate them, they would continually do the same thing over. And kind of with that, I have to kind of put like a little slash, you know, people, you know, not acting but also with the angle shooters at the table who are always trying to... So that sometimes it's on purpose and sometimes yeah, exactly. it's not. Exactly. So, uh, you know... The ones who didn't do it on purpose just weren't paying attention. The ones who did it on purpose had obviously an intent behind it, and it pissed me off because as a player also, you know, I didn't like this. So, you know, people not doing what they're supposed to do, 
you know, proper poker etiquette, I guess, is the way to Okay, and some of these it. things uh, dovetail into one another, but uh, I guess that would really be his number one, and that is not paying attention. Uh, which, which, again, that leaves out the angle shooting and doing these things on purpose, right. uh, but uh, not paying attention basically because of many things. It can be uh, if you're at the horse track or the dog track, you might be watching a race. Uh, betting main, on a sporting event. Betting on a sporting event, but the main thing probably is the mobile phones. Mobile phones were unique 20 years ago. You know, people got them for the first time. Now there's so much information that can be gotten on there, and the industry has kind of gone back and forth as to no, no, no electronic devices on the table to now you can have your music hooked up there. Most people have it hooked up through their phone. Um, but phone, it is, phone it calls is, are not really a problem phone, because phone, they're, right. they're pretty much illegal at the table. Those are if the things that are illegal, so you've got to tell somebody they've got to step away from the table. They've got to shut the phone off in their middle of the hand. And what usually happens is, hey, listen, I've got to get off the phone. There have been situations where dealers have killed somebody's hand, and then that just leads that really to an argument, call, get the supervisor over there, and it's just, listen, I had a little bit of patience, but I would give them a countdown. I'd say, listen, you got five seconds to turn it off or I kill your hand. And usually they, I don't remember ever killing anybody's hand. Sometimes people would kill their own hand and get up and then talk away from the table. But, yeah, it, it, it is, you know, that is a pet peeve because, you know, even though it's your job to control the table, Dave, you know, you know, you know these people, you know these rules going in. So put your phone on vibrate, tell people to text you. Get away from the, throw your hand away, get away from the table. Just everybody seems to want to have to, you know, skirt the law right up to the, right up to the edge. Okay. Well, give me another one. Well, this is a very, not to say unique here to South Florida, but I've seen it a lot more down here. This speaking one, I, English, I know what you're going to say. Speaking English at the table. <laughs> and that's, that's not in this article. This okay. is more of a national focus. But, right. But that is a good point. Uh, and how prevalent is that here in South Florida? I mean, uh, some rooms are better at, uh, you know, regulating it than others. You, it, you, I'm you not going to lie to you. In my, room, in my room, it was a huge problem. It was probably the number one problem. Speaking English at the table during the hand. I, I have been to Vegas, Atlantic City, New Orleans to play poker, California. Really did not see that issue. Didn't see it. On few occasions, I had in California a couple of Asian uh, players. I don't know if they were speaking Chinese or wh- wh- whatever language they were speaking there. And they were out of the hand. So that was the only other language that I heard there. I didn't hear Spanish. Down here, you hear it almost in every single casino that you walk into. How, how, about, walk at the, how about at the World Series of Poker? You got guys speaking Russian. You got guys speaking, uh, you know, Spanish, French, uh, any language, uh, Scandinavian, uh, you know, Swahili. Uh, you get two guys that, that do that, and it can be very much uh, collusion involved. Uh, in well, let me tell you something. Um, a long time ago, when I did a show uh, that we were talking about here, I called our good friend Randy Casper and uh, and and asked him if English, you know, if you were in a different country, that if you, let's say, you were in France, the global language at any poker table that he knows of, and he represents a lot of poker players, he says is English. Now, depending on the country that you're in, they may allow English and the spoken language that's of that country. So, you know, that was it. But English seems to be the universal language at the poker table. So 
I don't know about you, but I don't think I've heard too much of that, uh, the WSOP of them having issues, you know, with the people coming from other countries there. Now, you mentioned Russian, right? Uh-huh. I had a poker player down here that doesn't look Russian, you know, doesn't have any kind of accent, but understands Russian really, really well. And uh, he says he takes full advantage of these people talking to themselves down here. Gulfstream has a lot of Russian players, Mardi Gras, a couple of the local casinos where um, more of the Russian poker players go to play. And he's taken full advantage of them telling their partners <laughs> what hands they had in their hand. And he would just smile and, and play accordingly. Okay, let me give you a couple. Of, uh, let me give you an example of something that, that, that he's listing a lot of really kind of. I don't want to say obscure, but very narrow-wise, like uh, very specific. And one of them is a big problem that I have, and that's forgetting to ante. Uh, If you are an online player, it's all done for you. You don't even notice it uh, most of the time. But if you move along in a tournament uh, and it's time to ante, and I constantly forget when when I play in a tournament, uh, you know, not so much the amount. I, you know, I know what it is. I just don't think about it right away. And the dealer has to ask me several times, uh, Annie. Uh, in fact, one of the dealers that they talked to here said, uh, you know, I try to be nice and funny about it, but if someone forgets a couple times in a row, I'll scream at the top of my lungs, Annie, Annie, Annie. Well, you know, I didn't go to that extent, but when I had that, I would just constantly go because it'd be the one person. And you mentioned that you had problems with that. You even got penalized an orbit on that on a tournament that you and I were both playing in a few years ago. Um, it is annoying, but it wasn't my biggest pet peeve. You understand? Because, well, that's pretty far Because down I would anyway. just constantly go, you know, as, as my style of dealing as soon as I was going Annie's, and I would finally get your name, and I'd go, Dave, that includes you, you know. <laughs> that, that's how I would handle it. Hopefully most people would laugh, you know, as you just did, and kind of take the tension out of that scenario. Worse than that, uh, that I have seen, and I hate it as a dealer, was you've got these people who are just there to annoy the dealer, to annoy the other poker players. They, they, they love playing when everybody is hostile towards them because they figure people will make mistakes. Dealer will make a mistake that they can even take advantage of. And one of the things was um, taking bets, and if your chips are right here, they're putting them right here. Okay. And if they're sitting in seats like three and, and, and seven on a poker table with nine, they're at the furthest ends, and you can't reach there. You've got to lean so far. And what would really upset me was I'd constantly ask them, please push the chips further up. And they'd, some of these jerks would move it up about an inch, you know, thinking they'd be real funny. Uh, so That's number two on the list. There you go. See, uh, I told Leaving you. them just out of reach. Uh, and, and a lot of, like, uh, some of the women that are smaller, their arms are not that long, uh, really can have a problem. So I think they try to make it clear that, uh, you know, that you need to get those chips out there. But it can really hold up the game and uh, be very irritating. And a player may not even be doing it on purpose. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to another one that kind of ties in a little bit with this. You understand? But, uh, and I wound up costing somebody a lot of money. I mean, I, not, not because I did a mistake. It's just because he tested me. And I decided, okay, I've asked you nicely two, three times. Now you've insulted the hell out of me. So now it's time for me to show you how this is done. And splashing the pot. I don't know if it's in there, the splashing of the pot, okay, because it's part of the poker etiquette. But I had a player who kept splashing the pot in a pretty high-stakes game. Right. So I said, you know, sir, please stop splashing the pot. 
asked him once, twice, three times I asked him to stop it. After the third time, he said to me, just shut the hell up and deal the cards. So I said, okay, do you want to play this game? I, I go, let's, let's see who comes out ahead. We were in a very big pot. Bet was about $250. And before I even get to him, he just, I saw him grab the two black chips and two green chips and throw them into the pot, right into the pot, right where I had asked him not to do three times prior to that. So I looked at him and I said, it's 250 to call. And he starts going, what are you talking about? I just, I, said, I didn't see it. I've asked you not to splash the pot. Now, I know he threw the 250 in there. But, you know, you want to be a jerk? Guess what? I, I hold the cards. Sir, and he started screaming, cursing at me. Floor, floor came over. I said, listen, this gentleman's been splashing the pot. And then, luckily, two or three of the players on the table were like, yeah, he's done it every freaking time. We don't know if he's throwing in the right amount. I've asked him three times very nicely. Last time he told me to shut the hell up and just deal. It's a $250 bet to him. I go, he claims he threw it in here. I didn't see it. I said, I didn't see it. In certain situations, wouldn't you have to then count the pot in front of everybody and and take more time? No, you've been told not to do that. It's illegal to keep doing that after you've been warned so many times. So it was a huge pot. It was a huge pot, about three, four $4,000 pot easily. A lot of greens in there. My supervisor looked at him, sir, you've been warned three times. Players here are complaining about you doing that. It's 250 to call or fold. So he wound up putting the other two. He wound up paying $500 instead of 250 for that hand. He winds up losing the hand, so it actually cost him an extra $250. And when the hand was over, I looked at him. I go, you want to continue this game? He left the table about two minutes later. Wow. Okay, so, okay. you know, listen, you try to be very nice with them, but, you know, you, 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 if you can deal with jerks, you deal with them. But it just makes your job that much harder and that much more frustrating. Okay, we're talking uh, pet peeves of poker dealers. Some of the things we've covered so far, uh, not paying attention, leaving the chips just out of reach. Uh, let's see. Also, we got uh, forgetting to ante and splashing the pot. And so that's four. Give me something else. Okay, um, bad language at the table. Okay, is one that not re- in this list. That one used to always get me, not only as a dealer, but as a manager. And trust me, I've embarrassed the hell out of people by telling them right to their face and stopping the game, saying, "How would you like me to say that to your mother, your wife, your daughter?" And I embarrassed the hell out of them. Uh, you know, after I especially I've if there them. was women at the table. Oh right? no, no, no! I warned them once. The second time, I embarrassed the hell out of them. So. Uh, that is that is that was just my thing, and you know most people came up and apologized later and said I'm so sorry I don't know what got into me, but I did have two who got extremely I thought we were going to get into a fight because they were right in my face, and I told them if you don't like it there's the door you can leave and go play somewhere else. Okay. So try something else. Let me see. Uh, pet peeves. Well, now uh, now when he lists this list, okay. Is it just with the customers or pet peeves that dealers have? Yeah, you let's, know, let's, stay with, let's stick with the customers. With the customers. Okay. Okay. Did we mention betting out of turn? Uh, yes. We did mention that, right? Betting out right. of turn. Forgetting uh, to ante. For, yeah. Betting out of turn. Yeah, that, those all kind of fall within the same realm there. Personal hygiene is okay. a big that's, issue. That's a good one. Personal hygiene. Um, I've a big had, problem down here in South Florida. Well, yeah. and I really had a, sin, a serious scenario with that. I have had 
Well, listen, I, if you want, I'll give you the, I'll give you the colorful stories, okay? <laughs> I had, unfortunately, a man who was in a wheelchair, and, and I don't want to preface this by saying that he was a nasty son of a gun, but, but he was, okay? But I, wouldn't, I did not treat him any differently, even though he was a very nasty man the way he spoke to everybody. But apparently he was used to getting things done his own way. And one day he calls me to the table, and he tells me that he has just uh, defecated himself. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, and I said, well, that sounds like you've got a serious personal problem there. What do you want me to do about it? He honestly looked at me and says, I need somebody to clean me. This was at Miami Highlight, Dave. Wow. And one of our Haitian janitorial friends was kind enough to do it. Wow. That one time. Oh, it was amazing. Got a, got a nice tip. Oh, no, no. Let me. Th- no, no. He didn't get a dime from this guy. Oh, wow. Okay. But I spoke to our boss and made sure he got compensated a little bit. About a week and a half later, he came in and did it again. I pooped okay. my pants. <laughs> you know, and he did it again. And this, that was the last time he was allowed into the casino. I've had women urinate on their seats. I had one gentleman who I don't know what his, but he just had a funk on him. You know, and I know it wasn't on purpose. He wasn't coming there, but you know, he was coming from work. And um, I won't mention his name, obviously, on air. But dealers were coming up to me, going, "Joe, I can't take it. I'm close to vomiting on the table." And when I got close to him, yes, so I had called him aside and told him, and he tried to work on it. It did not work. Whatever he tried, and I eventually told him, "Listen, until you clear this problem up, and it and it hurt me. I'm not telling you this to be funny or anything. It hurt me because I did not like um, making someone, you know, feel embarrassed or you know inadequate. But yeah, I mean, and we've had a bunch of them throughout my 20 plus years of doing this. Plus, you have uh, bad breath, uh, the obvious uh, well, body odor problems. A lot of people come in and play after work and uh, without uh, you yeah, know, without consideration to anybody shower. else. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, uh, and they may work at a job where they uh, work with garbage or something like that. Clothes smell bad. Yeah, and, and, and as there's a commercial that says now for Febreze, they've gone nose, uh, nose blind. You know, they, don't, they don't smell it themselves anymore. Okay. So uh, Along those lines, also, there can be a problem with uh, food or trash at the table. Yes. Talk uh, about that a little bit. Drinks on the table. You know, most casinos now either have the cup holder in the rail or you have a little table to put your drinks on. Nothing annoyed me more than somebody spilling their drink and then stopping the the game on the felt, stopping the game, having to soak it up. And let me tell you something. When that happened, half of the time it's the dealer's fault for not having said anything to them. Now, if I've said something to you and then you do it, that's when I got really upset. And sometimes I didn't say anything and it happened, and the person I was upset with was myself. Yeah. Okay, because I'm thinking, Joe, you're an idiot. You know this is going to happen, and you didn't stop it. So that was one of them there. Um, Here's a pretty obscure one that you may not think of right away, and that is uh, a player refusing to make change for another player. That never bothered me because I have a tray in front of me. Yeah. So for me, if a dealer's having issues, some people now the now that is a problem. I will tell you this, Dave. I'm thinking about cash games. That's a big problem in tournaments sometimes. Yeah. You understand it, and not to say a big problem, but you don't have the chips in your tray in tournament to make change most of the times. So you're hoping somebody is kind enough. But guess what? There are people that are very superstitious to 
giving out chips to someone who's 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 losing at the table. So they feel they're going to get their bad luck chips. So it's a little annoying, but I, I for me it doesn't make the top ten of my list. Okay, uh, what's a particular problem that uh, would be focused most likely on players in the one seat or the ten seat? Not protecting their cards. Exactly. And every dealer that I've ever trained in my life, I have told them, I said, there are three seats where you'll do this at, okay? The t- are one and nine or one and ten, depending on how many are sitting at the table, are always, you know, ground zero for, for taking cards away from players. But seat five, which is right in front of you, is also an easy seat for the dealer to reach over and grab cards from. And I guarantee you every dealer who's dealt for more than uh, four or five years has done it at least once, has killed a hand at least once. Now, you hate that they don't protect the hand, but guess who the fault falls on? Even though it's their fault, they're going to blame you for it. So I could see why that's a pet peeve. I'll tell you another one that goes with the bad odor. I don't know if it intermingles with them. But sick people coming to play oh, at the right. table. Yeah. I've had people that. with pink eye, you know, Sneezing. people who looked like they had uh, the whooping cough. Hey, they wouldn't stop. I mean, I swear you felt like you wanted, needed to go over there with a hazmat suit on. I'm telling you. Uh, I really hated the fact that sick people had no consideration for anybody else there. The selfishness. And then they're touching the chips. They're touching the cards, which obviously I've got to touch. So... Yeah, that that to me was a big one with, with people who were really sick. Uh, I couldn't believe the guy with the pink eye. Oh, my God, this this guy looked like uh, one eye looked like a cyclops because it was so red. And people coming up to me going, change me from this table. I finally had to call him and said, listen, you need to go home. You need to go see a doctor, actually. And, uh, I, you know, I said, you're suffering from pink eye. And I'm not a medical doctor, but I could tell that. So that to me, uh, you know, I don't know if it goes hand-in-hand hand with personal hygiene, but I kind of right. lumped those two together. Okay, there's a major problem that's uh, not just for the dealers, but also for the game in general uh, that's pretty obvious. Uh, maybe one of the biggest discussions in the game itself, and that is... Talking about your hand. Well, I no, would imagine talking no. about your hand is a no, big problem. No, more obvious than that. More obvious than cheating at no, the table? No. no then, then more the, obvious than that. More obvious than cheating? Tanking. Oh, Okay. Uh, we know that yeah. players get angry about that, and there's lots of discussions. They're even trying to shock lock. What's it do to a dealer? It, it starts getting under your skin to the point of where, you know, and if, especially if you have more than one at a table. Oh, my God. That's the longest 30 minutes of your life right there. So because the house wants to get as many hands in as possible for the rake. Uh, you know, it's, uh, they're going to look at your numbers later on. It's not your fault, but it's holding up your game and, and, and keeping you from uh, doing a good job of speeding up the game. Right. And it's the dealer's responsibility once they get up off this table to go tell the, the, you know, the floor manager or somebody, somebody, some supervisor, hey, listen, these guys are taking forever. We can't get hands in. Okay, and then the argument is always going to be from these people. Now, listen, I, anybody here can understand if it's in a tournament and it's for your tournament life, yes, we understand that. But when you're in a cash game and it's a 10 or $15 wager to you, sometimes as little as a $5 wager to you, and you're taking 30 seconds, a minute to make a call every single time, I wasn't given the authority, you know, but I would tell them, hey, listen, you know, you keep doing this, you can leave this table, you know, you can leave the room as a manager. And as a dealer, it's just so annoying because what it does is 
everybody else at the table gets annoyed with this person. So now you don't have to just deal with this jerk. You've got to deal with everybody else who's so upset. So now you, you're like a babysitter instead of a dealer at the table trying to calm everybody down. And, you know, you keep having to call the supervisor over. That's a pet peeve of mine when the supervisor keeps getting called over to a table because the dealer has either lost control of the table, okay, which at that point that person is very frustrated, okay, or the people are so unruly that even your top professional dealers can't control them. So now you have a bigger issue outside of just the dealer having a problem with the table. And and I want to preface this whole uh, discussion by saying that a lot of times people don't realize they're doing it. And if the dealer mentions something to them or calls it out in front of somebody else, uh, you know, people will straighten out their act. and And they may not even know that they're doing some of these things. Exactly. And I was very good at that. You know, avoiding problems... All That's why you're in PR time. now. Well, exactly. And let me tell you that. <laughs> Avoiding situations like this, and I've done this throughout my whole career when I, was deal- when I was just exclusively dealing, was the manner in which you speak to somebody and the way you approach them as to a situation. And if you handle it the way you would want to be spoken to, 99% of the time it doesn't become a problem and you actually almost entice someone to be a fan of yours. And... Believe it or not, when you handle situations like that, at least it's been my experience, you get tipped a lot better. And those are the people that get nominated for Annie Up's uh, Dealer of the Year. That sort <laughs> there of thing. you go. Which, is, you which go. is true. And, and a lot of it's experience, but a lot of it's just common sense and, and dealing with people in a way you'd like to be treated, uh, you know, and, uh, and knowing how to uh, maybe correct somebody without irritating them or making them angry. Exactly. You know, so uh, like I said, Sometimes some of the dealer pet peeves are a little petty. You understand? I've dealt with the major ones. I don't have an issue with the smaller ones. Like you said, with the Annie, I have fun with that. Yeah. I said, hey, listen, you know, uh, I go, I got my nose fixed. Now my mind doesn't work right, so I keep forgetting the Annie. How about, how about we, I let you know. Uh, you know, eventually I make a joke of it enough to where the person who's constantly missing the Annie, in that case, remembers it. And then they get to the point of, look, Joe, I'm putting my ante in. I'm going, good for you. I'm going to get you a gold star for that. You know, and you turn it into a nice little game where you're not making them feel like right. they're idiots at the table. Uh, let's finish with two kind of uh, narrow ones that maybe don't happen that often, but uh, can be a problem. One is uh, getting in the way of the dealer's pitch. Uh, when you're dealing the cards, you got your hands out there in front of the area. Maybe maybe you have your cup holder in the way. Uh, you set your phone down on the table. The dealer deals you the cards. It flips up, and you have to come with a card off the end of the deck. Right. Yeah. yeah it changes it all up now. That you know, like you said, stuff like that's going to happen. I, I don't look at that as a pet peeve because to me it didn't happen. If it happens that much to you. You're not doing your job as a dealer by telling people to remove stuff off the table. Right. So, you know. A lot of uh, times you might be just reaching for something. Right. Now, sometimes, but that's, you know, you know, you're not telling anybody anything. People are going to react a certain way. Sometimes they're putting their hand. Listen, they're putting up their blinds. I've hit pitched the card. They're putting up their blinds because you tell them, okay, small blind, big blind, but you want to get the hands out because you want to get tipped quicker. You want to make more money for the house. And as they're throwing their chip down, you hit the card, flips over. Now you've got to go through the whole process again. I kind of take this with a grain of salt. You know, it's part of the game. 
It's part of the game. It's going to probably happen to you, you know, in an eight-hour shift. It might happen to you once or twice. Right. A good dealer will make sure that there are no obstacles out there. Now, if a player is constantly putting their hands out, way out there, yeah, that becomes a pet peeve. And, they, you know, and, and, and especially after you've warned them two or three times and they continue to do it, then it becomes a big problem. Okay, last one. Uh, <clears throat> and this is something I probably didn't even realize, and that is uh, putting your chip stack out there when you're making a bet and having it piled up and nice and neat. When, when the best thing to do is just spread them out in front of you and let the dealer handle counting them. Because you can't really count them. It's difficult sometimes. Not every puts them in, everybody puts them in stacks of 20. So you're talking about somebody pushing out a bet out there? Yeah. Well, chip stacking your bets is what, the way he mentions it. Right. But now the way the game has changed in the old days, Dave, we would break that down and count it. Now someone has made a bet, and they go, the bet's to you. Now you're not going to count a big stack until someone tells you what it, that, is. what it is. Right. In the old days, the way I was taught was we broke it down and say, okay, it's you know, $182 for you. you know, whatever, whatever that big stack came out to, that's how much it, the bet is to you. Now they don't want that. Now they don't want that. They want to intimidate the players with that stack. So, again, for me, since the rules kind of changed... Yeah, I mean, I would prefer, you know, like you said, sometimes players just intermixed all the different denominations in there, which is a real, you know, pain in the butt. Like if you do, if you kept doing that at a blackjack table, they'd eventually throw you off the yeah, table. Right. Okay. Right. So in poker, usually the inexperienced person will do that. Okay. You know, and then all you have to kindly tell them is, listen, please just stack them up in the, the same denominations. Okay. Makes it much easier for you to pick where you one have to up cut them up. One. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so, okay, I hope that gives people an idea. A lot of people, and I would think the majority of people might do these things occasionally and want to be corrected, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's something that... Uh, you need to impress on them to be aware of and, and now, not be a problem. Now, these pet peeves are with the players. There are pet peeves that dealers have with the, with the floor man that don't do proper rotations so that every dealer is fairly getting to the right tables. The, the higher limit ones down here, which you get tipped a lot better, not so much so in other parts of the country. So right. those are other pet peeves that I had as a dealer that the floor person wasn't running the floor in a professional manner that that optimized, you know, how everything was done in the room, and sometimes it was at your cost as okay. a dealer. Well, I hope that helped people out there and uh, realize that, uh, you know, except for the occasional a-hole, uh, <laughs> for the most part, people, if they're doing these things, are really not doing it to to upset somebody or get under somebody's skin, another player or the dealer. So it's one of those. Yeah, things. I would say nine, nine out of ten are not doing it to person exactly. to get under your ten. That one, one out of ten is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Okay, let's get to our final break here. Uh, we'll tell you about Gulfstream Park, poker room open uh, on a daily basis. I did mention some of the hours, and that is uh, during the week closed from uh, 4 a.m. till 10 a.m., uh, on the weekends, they go round the clock, though, 24 hours, so you've got plenty of time to get out there uh, any time of day just about to enjoy yourself and have a great time. Uh, Gulfstream Park is one of the jewels of South Florida, uh, not only for its great horse racing, its great gambling aspects, its dining, its entertainment, but because of the beautiful location and uh, the beauty of South Florida. 
uh, it's really a great place to go. It's located in the southern part of Broward County, 901 South Federal Highway. If you want any information about their poker games, what they're doing, what they're spreading, what they're uh, rewarding their regular loyal customers with as a program, uh, just give them a call over there at 954-457-6336. 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park, it's in Hallandale Beach, the corner of Federal and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. It's a great place to go. Tell them that Big Dave and Joe sent you over. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the program, Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, you Thank know, you. I mean, the things that you've uh, developed over the years uh, to deal with people. And uh, I think you'll agree that for the most part it's, it's not a particular problem with the average player. Uh, a lot of it's ignorance, and uh, no, they no need to be told once, and they'll never do it again. Well, I'll tell you what, and I'd love to do a list, Big Dave, there, of, uh, as a manager, top ten things that peeve me about dealers that they do, things yeah. that they do at the table exactly. that upset me, that, that cause situations and delays at the table. You know, there's both sides to the story. Let's put it that way. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a whole other program. Yeah. I, I've I've been on both sides of that fence, and you know, you want to complain about the customers, but sometimes dealers create some of these situations that they complain about because they don't know how to take care. They yeah, don't know how absolutely. to take control of a table. Absolutely. Did want to let people know that uh, there's kind of been a change this year. It was always a Tuesday night program. I always talk about the Tuesday shows for WSOP. I guess from this year, uh, moving forward, they're going to be Sunday shows. And the first one comes on September 11th, so we're still a little it's bit away from opening that. Opening day of uh, the NFL, I believe, September yeah, 11th be. this year. It will be that night. They're going up against Sunday Night Football. So, uh, you know, that will certainly uh, cut into some of their viewership, I would think. But, you know, probably not their choice when to actually air the programs. 
But on a regular basis, beginning September 11th, they'll have uh, some of the action, uh, mainly starting with day four of the tournament. But I think they'll, the first couple of shows will show some of the earlier action and some of the interesting things. And we'll look forward to seeing some of our pr- friends on the program as we move along. Also, did want to mention, uh, of course, the Seminole Hard Rock this week, a uh, big tournament that uh, encompasses several different types of events. The WPT is kind of in a little bit of a lull. They just finished out in Oklahoma at the Choctaw Casino in Duran, Oklahoma. Finished up. James Mackey was the winner out there, defeating Matthew Smith in that one. And uh, next tournament is the Legends of Poker out in Los Angeles. Uh, That main event starts August 27th. So the players uh, will be playing here. They have a good 10 days to decide where they're going to move from there. There's also a tournament in early September or mid-September, I should say, at the Borgata. So uh, still lots of stuff still to come as we head toward the November 9. Uh, But I did want to mention that for you. We're running out of time on the program. Uh, We'll talk about some in the next few weeks. We'll talk about some of the November 9ers, get a little information, see if we can line up a couple of interviews. But uh, certainly uh, looking forward to that this year, having been out there for some of that action. Let me ask you something, Dave, because I I didn't see it, and it's my fault that I didn't, but... Did Jason Mercier win the player of the year? Player yes, of the did. year? Yes, he did. None of these players have a shot, even if they win the main event. So, right. all right, excellent. Yeah, I'm the so last uh, the last one was when uh, Paul Volpe, I think, got knocked out uh, in about twenty something. So that was really his last real challenger. All right. Well, congratulations, Jason. Yeah, terrific, uh, terrific year in many different aspects. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's going to do it for tonight's program. Uh, We will be uh, reporting next week on uh, what happens here at the Hard Rock. Uh, There's also some tournaments coming up at the other uh, properties for the Hard Rock. Uh, The Immokalee Casino has a tournament from September 2nd through the 11th. That should be interesting. That is uh, affiliated with the WPT Deep Stacks uh, organization. And then uh, at Coconut Creek, they'll have the Coco Poker Open, which is uh, later in September. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one as well and give you more information over the next couple of weeks. But plenty of stuff down here in South Florida to do. Uh, we'll give some reports on some of the other local casinos and what's happening. Um, got a chance to see Dania. We'll hope that they uh, continue to prove that this latest you, promotion may I be I certainly helpful. hope they get everything going there because they have done one hell of a job in making that a beautiful casino. Just Inside kind of a, and out. Just, kind of, just goes to show you... The late start is not a good thing. No, no. I mean, we went through that at Miami Highlight, being the last people on the block uh, at that time, anyway, to get into Dade County. So um, it is very hard. You know, once everybody has established a foothold in, in, in an area, it is so hard to, to, to you know, develop clientele. So we'll talk about the results from the Seminole High Rock Poker Open. I will poker open. I will try to uh, talk to Brad Garrett and maybe some of the top players that are in town, and we'll have some interviews to run on the show over the next few weeks. So uh, always great for the uh, the show as well as uh, poker in South Florida. It's going to be a great event, and we're looking forward to that this weekend. Remember, Friday night, the twelfth, uh, is the Brad Garrett tournament. Starts at seven p.m. Three hundred dollar buy-in uh, party from five to seven, and then uh, Saturday, beginning at uh, uh, noon will be the uh, Seminole Hard Rock uh, $5 million guaranteed event. Single entry, so uh, 
you know, if you get knocked out, you have to come back and play one of the other t- uh, three tournaments that comprise the Big Four. So still plenty of stuff to do uh, and certainly a reason to uh, make the trip to town if you're planning uh, at the last minute that you might want to try it here. The weather's going to be beautiful this weekend from what I hear and uh, uh, certainly will be a great time. Anyway, that's going to do it for the program. Gio, thank you so much for your stuff uh, and your work on uh, putting together the uh, program from a technical standpoint. Remember, you can always listen to the program on our website, PokerActionLine.com, or on the uh, Hold'em Radio Network. Check out iTunes and search Poker Action Line. You can get it there. Or on the Poker Fuse podcast page. Lots of places to get it. Stitcher Radio is one as well. And, Joe, thank you for making the trip up from South uh, no, Dade. And I want to thank you and Gio both for accommodating me tonight. <laughs> and, and have a good time in uh, Daytona Beach uh, this weekend with the PPC guys. And have a lot of fun. Hopefully I'll have some nice stories to report on next next week. Absolutely. We'll catch you next week on another edition of the show. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.